So hello everyone, thank you for tuning in to City Atlas Teamcast today. Uh, my name is Gabriel Gitterdance, and I'm a rising senior at Hunter College High School from Manhattan. My name is Adam Rudd, uh, I'm also a rising senior at Hunter College High School and I'm also from Manhattan. Um, I'm Kevin, uh, I'm also a rising senior at Hunter College High School and I'm from Queens. So this is the first episode of our podcast, and uh, we noticed that in our in our schools we don't really talk about climate change that much. I mean, maybe you'll get it in a biology class, maybe you'll talk about it at a lunch table, but there's no there's no real dialogue about it. So uh, in partnership with with City Atlas, uh, Kevin, Gabriel, and I uh, decided to go on a journey of making a podcast where uh, we interview different activists and uh, and hear what they have to say about climate change. Um, so on today's episode, we would like to welcome Mr. Arne Grunlin joining us from Finland. Can you introduce yourself, Arne? Yeah, thank you. So uh, my name is Arne Granund, um, and I have a background in law, actually, uh, but I switched careers to, to climate action. Uh, and uh, I was studying studying law before, and then I finished my master's in law and then uh, took another master's in, in, in climate policy uh, in the, the universities of the Arctic. So I, I went up to Norway, to the Arctic, uh, to Iceland to study, study climate policy. But, and then I was quite quickly hired to work uh, at quite high level at Citra Fund uh, in, in, in Finland, the government think tank um, on, on, on climate change mitigation. Uh, I did that for uh, one and a half years. And now I moved to the regions to pursue a career in sort of more practical, tangible climate action in the, in the municipalities and, and, and in the regions. Wow. Great. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're so excited to have you today. Um, and, and we're really excited to hear, hear about your experiences. Um, so today we're just going to be talking about climate change, specifically in Finland, which, just to reiterate, is where Arne is from. Actions like individual people can take, the politics of climate change, and other topics. If you'd like to start with, with a certain topic that, that you want to talk about, uh, that'd be great. But we, we also have some questions for you if, if you want to go for that. Right, yeah. Well, um, recently, um, the reason actually why I moved moved out here from, from the capital city was that uh, the Finnish uh, municipalities and regions have, have quite a strict uh, reduction target in, in greenhouse gas emissions in the short term. So um, the national target is also... Quite, it seems quite ambitious, but I think the the regional work, the municipal work, is is more more tangible and more concrete. So, uh, the target is uh, from two thousand ten levels. It's minus eighty percent, eight zero percent, out to um, twenty thirty. So, in the very near term, we will see a lot of you know practical change in the regions, and this covers two million Finnish people. For me, I always wanted to kind of have this sort of more ambitious and really concrete way to approach this problem, not just on a government and a high, high politics level uh, to, to sort of have, a, ha- have something to see and something to, to experience uh, close by. So, so that's, that's something I'm really interested in, sort of the regional local work. But I, I also um, took part in developing this, this lifestyle test. So in Finland, uh, we're um, a, a developed country. We're a very, quite, quite a rich country. Uh, with with high standards of living, so that creates a lot of lifestyle emissions. We call them sort of household emissions connected to what people use their money to, you know, for and and, and sort of sort of that. So um, we calculated that it's sixty to seventy percent actually of the Finnish 
emissions profile where 5.5 5.6 million people here in Finland is connected to to how households you know um sort of how how they live how they heat their home for example um uh how their electricity use uh mobility transport that's the second second sector uh food obviously you know nutri- nutrition's third sector and the fourth sector is basically how how you consume things you know like uh, what you buy and do you buy a lot of stuff do you waste it and and, and do you fly a lot and, and stuff like that so uh with with all that kind of profile we get about 10 tons per person on the average in finland so that should drop to 2.5 tons uh within 10 years and is is that that's tons of tons of carbon emissions tons of carbon dioxide equivalent so we calculated the the other gases as well so as you know uh carbon dioxide is the is the major problem but we also have emissions from agriculture such as you know methane uh, and also other other gases that we that we calculated but obviously it's it's the most important thing is to get uh the cumulative carbon dioxide emissions to near zero or zero if possible so can you explain a little bit as to why like what what the harm of of carbon emissions are the the harm of of carbon emissions greenhouse oh, yeah, gases okay. like people people throw around these terms a lot and i just want to want to make sure we clarify okay, them yeah, yeah. Sure. well well in a very simplified way you know humanity has a huge influence on the way this this planet functions at this scale of 7.5 7.6 billion people on, on earth uh and we burn a lot of fossil fuels for energy for for uh when by energy i mean all kinds of energy not just electricity so this is uh and often people kind of think that if we build more solar power and wind power then we are solving actively solving this problem but we also use oil so uh, so in 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 mobility and transport so it's a simplified version of it but it's mostly how it is right so cumulatively we've been emitting a lot of carbon as a as a society as as a, as a sort of a developed industrialized world and the the carbon dioxide that that we emit that we we burn as fossil fuels it uh it accumulates in the, in the climate system and by climate system i mean the atmosphere the oceans and also the land biosphere so okay. um the the problem in the long term is that while we burn and while we emit it the accumulated sum of carbon in the system raises uh both uh, the 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 temperature of the oceans and 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 also uh, the lower atmosphere and this causes all kinds of problems but you know all kind of nations in the world came together in 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 the paris agreement to say that we want to limit uh the rise of of average temperature of the planet to a certain level so two degrees is like the absolute um maximum that science says that beyond that we have catastrophic and irreversible impacts in the climate system that we caused right so and also we want to pursue the 1.5 degrees average which is the pre from the pre-industrial so we are already very close to that average and and if we keep on emitting if we don't have zero emissions during this century we will cross the, both the 1.5 degrees and the 2 degrees limits and that will cause disru- the massive disruption so that's that's the framing of that's the short framing of of climate climate action and we need to get the emissions to zero on a global level um and also enhance the uptake of carbon in 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 the biosphere that we control uh, during this century so yeah so just add a kind of a follow up from that um 
connecting it to when you said around, I think, 60 to 70% of um, emissions in Finland are just from humans. And I know you said it differs based on people's lifestyle. And uh, we know that you have transitioned to a low carbon lifestyle. So what are like the, the largest differences between um, maybe people who are richer and therefore you have more emissions versus uh, people who have less emissions? Well, that's a good question because uh, up to a certain level, it's really not that much about how much money you spend on, on how much you consume and stuff. So you need to have, or, or most people have this kind of, um, so people have these unnecessary services that they need. They need to live somewhere with a house which is heated in Finland, obviously, during winter. Uh, and, and, and many people are reliant on, on personal cars here because the distances are quite quite long. Although uh, many people uh, don't really <laughs> kind of think about the driving. They drive a two-kilometer distance when they can bike it. But, um, but also we need to eat and, and we need to have, you know, basic amenities to, for consumption, right? Food and stuff like that. But, but also, you know, furniture and whatever. So that gets you about you know seven to eight tons on the finish like close to the finish average which is 10 tons right uh, so if you really need if you really want to to kind of think about these things and uh, and, and and really lower your your kind of personal contribution then you have to think about all the four sectors so basically the housing for example for, for my housing uh, i live in a in a in a flat in a in a kind of a i call it semi-detached house so it's like a flat one-story house with, okay. with like solar panels on the roofs. And, and also in the winter, like we have, um, well, year-round, obviously, we have uh, geothermal uh, heating. So basically the heating is electric and it just goes deep into the ground and sort of lifts up the heat from the ground and sort of circulates it around, around the flat. So that's, uh, that's a good, con always think about that. If you uh, make the conversion from electricity to heat or to, to cooling, that's always a good idea, right? So, so that's my housing. Uh, I still drive. I mean, I have a, I have a hybrid car, which I use for like, fishing trips and, and, and sort of outdoor mm -hmm. stuff and, and things like that. So, um, uh, but it's like four, four liters per 100 kilometers. I don't know what's that in gallons or you know, the U.S. version, but it's, it's, uh, it's a very kind of energy efficient car for reference that's about 58 miles a gallon more than twice the u.s average of about 25 miles per gallon so that's a pretty energy efficient car um then i think i i guess the food part i haven't really been that active on i still eat you know industrial meat sometimes maybe once or twice a week but I live in the middle of, uh, of, of nature in a way, so mm -hmm. I, can, I can go and fish, fish on my own. And, and, and there's some sort of local sustainable uh, products being de developed actually as well. So it's not just, um, not just like people going out fishing on their own, but it's, it's also kind of systematic. We are systematically harvesting the, the resources which are undervalued, for example the kind of fish that people don't regularly eat. So that, that there's, there are industrial processes that uh, want to harvest them and market them all, all, all everywhere in Finland. So mm. food is one thing, but uh, also it's kind of this, 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 the way you think about consumption is that, you know, I don't really, uh, I don't feel that I need a lot of stuff. I think having stuff is just kind of boring. You know, I mean, it's usually low quality when you buy, buy the stuff nowadays from the store. So I, I mean, I have everything, 
sort of as as basic sort of amenities and everything at my flat. So I have like uh, a knob and I have um, electric smoker where I smoke my little fish and stuff like that. And also like uh, washing machines and everything. So it's not like uh, I'm not living in a, in a cave or anything. Mm-hmm. Like, this is just like a regular middle class yeah. lifestyle. And I, I quit flying because obviously, you know, if you fly, if you fly one flight, like one, you know, intercontinental flight, that's like at least my, my, my all of my emissions during like one day. Yeah. So, 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 so that's like the biggest thing, uh, I guess, quitting flying. That's mostly it, how, how I, how I uh, kind of got to this level. We sure have enjoyed our talk with Arne so far, and we hope you've enjoyed listening to it. Now for a quick music break before we wrap up the episode with our second half. And here we are back with Arne. So just on the other end, from your perspective, like, have you faced any challenges of lowering your carbon emissions, like living a more low-key lifestyle? Well, that, that, that's kind of an interesting question. I mean, I was in the national news. They interviewed me every day, and that was one question. Why they wanted to challenge me about, you know, that um, how is it possible to live like that? And, and sort of most of the choices are available to pretty much everyone also if you sort of are not a wealthy person the thing is that when i moved from um from helsinki to out to the countryside my my rent like was was split in half you know because the countryside is sort of emptying out it's the same phenomenon than perhaps in the u.s that you know people are moving to the bigger cities and sort of promoting the growth of cities and then you have very small flats uh, which cost a lot and so, that, so what I've been explaining is that I've mostly gained from this. If you th- think about this kind of traditional way of, of, of thinking about progress, that when I moved out to the regions, you know, immediately I got a few job offers, you know, because people were interested, like, why did you do this? And, and this region is really ambitious on climate, climate stuff. Uh, and also, like, uh, I have a bigger flat, I have my own sauna, I have a front yard, you know, I mean, it's like... <laughs> I, I can I cannot honestly say that you know something's been difficult. Maybe like when I used to live in Helsinki, that a lot of my friends were this kind of um, these people who wanted to have a have an international career and sort of travel a lot and, and kind of spend a lot of money. And they they, they, they their focus on, on life was kind of a bit external, if you know what I mean. So they mm. they kind of. They were into this kind of consumption and, uh, and stuff like that, which which was like there was some friction sometimes when you know people were saying that, yeah, I flew to Bali five times, uh, really cool, and I was like, <laughs> have you looked at the news? Like it's really strange, you know. We have this big uh, big crisis, and you're just like you know spending the carbon budget for that. So so that was maybe a bit bit difficult, but I, I don't I don't see that problem here in the regions. Like people live quite sustainably even if they're not like green or left wing or whatever. <laughs> it's like my neighbor, like he's a fisherman and he's like, are you green? I'm like, no, I'm not green. And then, well, okay, we're friends. And <laughs> we're all fishing. And whatever. So, so it's, it's sort of, yeah. I hope that answered the question. But yeah. And when, when you take this approach, are you hoping like, like 
uh, obviously your your motivation is to reduce uh, carbon emissions, but mm-hmm. but is your is it a personal motivation? Do you hope to inspire other people? Is it like it's not like going to save you you as a single person is not um, are not going to save the world? Is what I mean? Exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. yeah. So so then, what's your could you explain a little bit more about your motivation? Yeah, yeah. That? yeah. So, so I mean, um, kind of the the reason why I made these kind of drastic changes and then changed my social setting was that I I became aware of how how difficult this problem is and how imminent the problem is and how difficult it is to act on it. You know, we we are not seeing much much sort of action in in terms of uh, of, of consumption and stuff like that. So. I just felt like, okay, this is something that if I'm going to tell other people or the, tell society to do something, I need to do it uh-huh. myself. But also, um, I mean, this was a, a kind of a strategic choice as well on the high level that I, I used to work. So we also wanted to not just, you know, lobby the, the politicians and the and the, the governments and businesses. and but We wanted to kind of... Um, so in a bottom-up way, uh, inspire you know regular people and citizens to to sort of um, think about their their their, their contribution. Mm-hmm. And it, sometimes people are saying that okay, yeah, it's sort of it's kind of an individualist way of approaching this problem. Or you know, if the oil company is saying that no, you should reduce your 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 driving or something, then it, it, it's weird. But mm-hmm. this was not only government think tank and you know our test it has this lifestyle test and everything on it and it's, it just sort of suggests you know healthier cheaper ways to live so it's sort of it's not like uh, there's no it's not like judgment in it or, or anything mm-hmm. like that so and i was thinking like okay yeah i want to live like that i mean <laughs> why not you know i mean it's just improved my quality of life to be honest i mean uh, and, and 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 that's the reason. But also, then obviously the media is interested. Uh, if someone is moving like this, you know, for this reason, why did you move to, you know, North Karelia in the middle of nowhere? Like for this reason. So, and I was explaining them like my personal choices. But the most important thing I told them that it's definitely not about uh, just your you know individual choices, right? Everybody would have to make them in order for us to see anything in the mm-hmm. in the macro scale you know, data on emissions and stuff. But it makes the message quite tangible. Like if you do it yourself, you, you know, you're, you're, you're really kind of, it's easier to, to maybe relate to you, right? So for example, it's usually a, a person who votes for the Greens or the left, uh, who, who looks really like a hippie guy in mm-hmm. the news talking about these things. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, when... Uh, they were interviewing me. I was like, put me my fly fishing gear, you know, like fishing and stuff. Yeah. And a lot of conservatives were like, okay, he seems like, and I told people like, you don't have to quit this, that and that and that and quit and life is horrible. It's like, look, life can be all right. You can have a regular life with like, you know, low emissions and stuff. So Got that's it. what I kind of wanted to also, that's the reason why I, why I agreed to the kind of personal way of treating it so that they kind of told the story through one person which is uh, i i was kind of uh, i didn't like it before but i think this this case was kind of interesting so and i also told them that you know the the real reason why i I wanted to move to the regions was that i see more concrete climate action here i mean it's it's everywhere really i mean people are cycling during the winter it's crazy here they are building a huge you know wind farm 
you know, the local mm. uh, supermarket chain is the biggest employer in North Karelia. It's like a huge company. So, and they, they're, you know, putting solar panels in the third, on 30 shops and whatnot. So it's really tangible. That's, that's kind of nice. Got it. Thank you for tuning in to our first episode of City Atlas Teencast, which was the first segment of our talk with Arne. At the start, we touched on Arne's experience moving from Helsinki, the capital of Finland, to North Karelia, a rural region in Finland where there's much more concrete action on climate change. And at the end, we focused on Arne's personal motivations to lower his carbon emissions. Thank you, and make sure to tune into future episodes of City Atlas Teamcast.